Eric, my friend, it is good to see you, buddy. Likewise. I thought we could do something a little bit different today. I thought we could start off with a little bit. Of, we talk a lot of, about uh, pilgrimage and our time on the Camino uh, on this podcast so far. And so I thought today at the start of a podcast, we could start off with a prayer that is said at the beginning of every pilgrimage, because today, unlike any other podcast that we've ever had, is a very special podcast. Yes, we it have is. some special guests today. So in light of that, here is uh, a prayer that one prays before setting out on a pilgrimage. God of the guiding star, the bush that blazes, show us your way. God of the stormy seas, the bread that nourishes, teach us your truth. God of the still small voice, the wind that blows where it chooses, fill us with life. God of the elements of our inward and outward journeys, set our feet on your road today. May God bless us with a safe journey. May the angels and saints travel with us. May we live this day in justice and joy. Amen. And I think that's one of the things that's always struck me about the Camino is the fact that I don't know of anywhere else in Europe you could go, park your rear down and have at any given point, 350,000 people, most of whom have some kind of spiritual interest walk right by you, right? Every year. It just, it's a, it's a, and so built into that idea is the pilgrim house in, uh, in Legonde, uh, that Agape runs, which for me, and I think for probably several of you guys was one of the highlights of the trip. I know that DEU asked specifically that we could walk by, uh, the, the pilgrim house that Agape runs there. Uh, and, uh, I remember walking up to it and just kind of going, oh man, my world's, my world's, it, it was just this euphoric moment almost, but it was a very surreal moment. I remember the first time that, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, that I, I went on a missions trip and a guy came and spoke on going to Central Asia and uh, they, someone stood up afterwards and said, hey, if you're interested in going, we're going to have a meetup for lunch. We're going to go out to eat with this guy. And uh, those of you who want, are more interested, come, come along. And I, I split as soon as church was over because I knew I had to go on this thing. And I remember walking into the Camino and I don't know, I still don't know how it's all, all going to work, but I, we were actually supposed to, my family and I were supposed to go back to uh, the Pilgrim House and uh, Ligonde and serve over Easter. And of course, Corona has has done away with that idea for us, but we're, we're going to go back eventually. And I don't know how it's going to look for us to be involved with that house, but that house, Garrick, or, or actually DE, uh, give us a little bit of your desire, why you wanted to make sure that we stopped by that house. I haven't done it full justice yet. And then Garrett can jump in with anything he feels is necessary. Yeah. I think for me, it goes back to, um, 20 years ago, um, of doing the Camino with, with our Lithuanian students. And I mean, just that there were just some significant conversations I had with my guys with, um, Kelly Mahollins, another guy that works with us in, in Western Europe. And so, um, you know, a, a lot for me is, is remembrance of like, Hey, remembering what God has done in the past. And like, there's just a sense of the field there kind of where this little house is, what it just meant of, um, of like, yeah, like in the midst of, of these people walking by, this is this is who we are as a crew or agape. Like we're here to serve, we're here to care, um, just the creativity in that. And so I, I just think there was a lot that just resonates both from my history, but also of like, this is how I want to live the Christian life. And I've always been impressed with the Spanish ministry um, and how they did that, that it was like, yeah, if there's, if there's anything that I want to do on the Camino, I want to go back to to this spot that, that I'm so proud of in the present day, but also just where God worked um, in the past. And, and even kind of going back to what Garrick had said earlier of like, yeah, how did a bunch of us who aren't really from a Catholic tradition, like how did we end up in a, a, a pilgrimage? And, and I would say, I, I think one thing that I reflected a lot on this is just in our Christian walk, how we follow in the footsteps of those that are faithful before us. Um, and I know John O'Neill, who was in Spain, like he, he was one of the, the first people that I knew of, and Garrick knows his history better than I did, that would kind of looked at this pilgrimage and said, man, th this can be used for the glory of God and the work that we do as agape. And to kind of have that vision and faith to go like, yeah, I, I would be willing to do this. Like I faith to, to buy this, like basically it was a barn. It wasn't a house at all. And to like invest money and time and heart and get volunteers to say, man, we're going to turn this little 
barn into a place that serves these pilgrims is is a voice for Christ. Um, yeah, I, I think I reflected a lot on the on the Camino of just this sense of like who who, who are the footsteps that we're walking into as we mm-hmm. serve God. There are others that have blazed trails before us, be it John O'Neill in this or Father Bill, you know, just so many others. And so that house kind of embodies a lot of that, of, of, of Christ's name going out and, and, and really being on the, on the shoulders of others who have blazed trails before us. Garrick, you, you know the story better than I do. Well, well just a few comments because you did a great job. Um, you know, as we, as we, and this is the first time I'd seen this, but as we walked into Santiago, we saw this writing on the floor. We're getting close to the very end. And it said, um, Europe was made, and in Spanish, it, it was like doing pilgrimage to Santiago. Um, and so I th- in that is, is a, you know, an admission of a thousand years of Europeans walking the community of Santiago, which normally you would start, if you lived in Belgium, you'd walk out your front door and, and start walking. That's how you did it. And, and so there's a historically, culturally, but also in the depth of the, the, the spirituality of Europe, it, there's, it's a very important um, pilgrimage. One of the one of four in the world that has a jubilee year, uh, and one of those is Rome, and another another is Jerusalem, and then there's a another one that's a little one in Spain. It's kind of weird, uh, but I, I so 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 that's that's one thing, you know. And then and then I also want to talk walking in in the path of others. You know, Francis of Assisi walked the Camino. Mm. You know, so I you know I think we could say we we walked at some point where Francis of Assisi had walked and where. Um, and I, I think that there's something very powerful in that. Um, and so that I think with all that, that the house the, that John and O'Neill many years ago, 20 years ago, we were there during the 20th anniversary, uh, which was really cool, uh, the opening of that house. Um, it's just a place to minister, um, to serve pilgrims with hospitality, with radical hospitality, so they can uh, have an opportunity to, to encounter the love of Christ and, and um, have their life changed. It's, it's as simple as that. I, I think that's... I keep whenever I'm there, I realize how simple ministry is. Really, it's it's a conversation, it's a meal, it's sitting down with someone and listening and sharing your life with them and and, and serving. Um, and uh, uh, so it's so it I, I was a very special moment for me to have you guys go in there and kind of all catch the vision of it. I, one thing that was really interesting because I hadn't walked in a long time was was um i don't remember it was danny or jason but you guys said something about how when you go there most places you go and you get a stamp and you do it yourself yeah but there someone stamps it for you and says hey how are you doing and that seems so simple but it was so radical if you think about yeah. it just yeah. that hey i'll do that for you how are you doing yeah. um and, oh, that's, and that's one of the things that i absolutely love about uh la fuente de peregrino is that so much of that house has been thought of from the eyes of the person who is walking. It's not from the person who's serving. It's set up for the person who's walking. It's set up because this is the person who's on their way. This is the person who through radical hospitality, we want to show the love of Jesus, you know, and in the age of Garrick, you and I have talked about metrics and different stuff about, you know, how do we measure and how do I, and that is a place where you can't go, this is how many people have come to Christ. It's like, we're just going to love the heck out of them while they're here. And so you got seven, eight pilgrims who show up every day and they're going to eat dinner there that night and they're going to sleep and they're going to go on their way. And from time to time, some of them say, can I stay a couple extra days so I can help because they experience the, the hospitality and they experience the love of Jesus and they want to be a part of this thing. And it's completely free, completely volunteer run that you have volunteers from churches and, and nearby cities who, who come and serve there and who run it um, and who give so that these pilgrims can have a place to stay for a night and be served coffee during the day. So how many, Garrick, I forget, how many cups of coffee do they serve during the course of a year? Oh boy. That's a good question. It was over a hundred thousand, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's over a hundred thousand. It's the height of summer. It's easily between 500 to a thousand a day uh, when when it's high, high season. Yeah. So you've got a team of people there who are who are giving hu- free hugs, who are talking with people. I was looking at the map from ev- where everyone was, you know, and I was putting up my pin in Uppsala, Sweden, and someone came up to me and said, "Hey, where'd you start from? Sweden? Wow, that's cool!" And started talking to me. And what's interesting about the Camino is, you you talk sometimes with people along the way, 
but you don't necessarily talk with or be ser- you're served by necessarily people who are working at an establishment or a, a, a stopping place along the way, other than those who are like waiters, waitresses, and things like that. But they're not particularly interested, and this is not a knock against them, they're, they're doing what they're doing. But what stands out about this house is that everyone who is there is here for you, who is the traveler. And uh, just a profound, profound experience. I don't know if anyone else has anything to add yeah. on the house itself. Yeah. I, I, uh, I made a, a sarcastic crack, as I sometimes often do, to Dandy. Something about because we were sweating. I was like, oh, free hugs. Man, that's the last thing I want. That's what <laughs> I want to be doing is giving a sweaty pilgrim a hug. And Danny said to me, he's like, man, I think it makes a huge difference. People, I can't remember exactly what you said, Danny, but somehow you you remind me of the importance of, of touch and uh, for people and what that shows to people and, uh, and even the sacrifice of the server to hug a sweaty pilgrim, what that means. And it's interesting because here we are um, for us, like wrapping up seven weeks of quarantine during the coronavirus thing and uh, talking with my staff and I'm from, I'm living in Portugal. We're a huggy, touchy, kissy culture, right? We kiss hello, we kiss goodbye, we hug. And one of my staff who's in lockdown, kind of just with our immediate family, is like, I just so badly want to hug somebody. And I've said the same thing. I was like, man, I, I've hugged my family, but I just want to go out and hug people, you know, because that's that physical touch. And I realized, you're right, they've thought about everything. They've thought about the importance of a pilgrim who's been walking 25 days that really hasn't had anybody come up and even hug them probably and, and really enter into that proximity with them. Yeah, the the uh, what is it the uh, the incense ball at the end of the uh, I don't know what you call those things, but the incense that they have at uh, okay, so the the uh, (laughs) at the church in in Santiago de Compostela is massive, and apparently it's because the pilgrims smelled so bad that when they came in for their mass at the end of their pilgrimage, they just did this massive (laughs) incense ball. So that gives you a little bit. I mean. Mike, I think y'all have thrown the backpack away that I borrowed from your son because it stinks so badly. <laughs> so uh, anyway, yeah. so, yeah, that, that gives yeah, you an idea of what it's like to hug a hug a pilgrim. There were some there yeah. were some uh there were some hostel rooms that were starting oh, to get a little bit sweet mercy. Yeah. <laughs> that one that seven, seven grown men with stinky feet is just a terrible place oh, to be. Boy. Um, moving on, moving on from that. Okay. So eight months after the, God help us, uh, eight months after the Camino guys, how has your life changed? Um, or has it, uh, what, how did, what did you take back with you from the Camino? If anything at all? I can say for me, um, you know, we talked, we just finished talking about that, the Legonde house. Um, but, uh, the, in some ways, I would say the Camino um, and that house uh, and you guys, uh, especially the three of you based there in Europe, um, it touched on my heart the, um, the need. Uh, it expanded for me what missions really means. Um, I think you know, in our sort of traditional suburban American, you know, megachurch culture, when we think missions, we think third world, or we think, um, you know, places that that lots of people don't want to go. Um, we don't necessarily think about Western, Western Europe, or or you know, some of these some of these other places because they are places that people love to live in. Um, and people are happy there and, and, and the economies are, you know, motoring along and there's, you know, maybe, maybe there's a, there's an undercurrent of a history of Christianity. Uh, but it really spoke to my heart that there is, um, in some sense, I, and I, and I made a point being an avid rabbit trails, uh, podcast listener. Um, you're the one I knew, I knew. <laughs> that somebody had to mention liquid modernism. <laughs> That's how we're going to get there. We're going to get there. Don't worry. Cause we got, we got to get there at some point. Um, but you know, that, that sense, uh, that sense that there is a continent of people that in some respects have just moved on from faith that they have just, they've done it, they've tried it and they've sort of retired. They're, they're, they're retired from faith. Um, and uh, I thought, gosh, you know, that, that, 
uh, can't be, especially with such a rich, beautiful history. How, how, how can we kind of, you know, let that, let that stay that way. Um, and then the house, the Legonde house spoke to me in such a special way too, because of their, you know, as they termed it radical hospitality, but again, you know, we can, we can be so metrics focused uh, and so outcome focused uh, here and then to see a group of people who are serving a 100% transient uh, group of people that are coming through, 99% uh, of them they spend an evening with, uh, and then those people move on. And you don't get to track them down. Uh, you don't get to find out how the outcome was. Um, you just have to trust in, trust in the Lord. Uh, and you're just being used as one stop on the road of life. Um, so it changed, that changed me in a lot of ways. It changed the way that I view, um, you know, this ministry of reconciliation that we've been given. Um, and it changed my view of places around the world that, that need Jesus. So it was mm. pivotal for me, it changed my life. Mm. Anybody else? Yeah, I mean, I, I would say, I think one of the things was a question at one point in this is of what was hard about the Camino. And, um, and I really came back for a pretty extended period of time, just pretty dissatisfied with surface relationships. Um, you know, it was just kind of to have a taste of something that was so deep and rich and then kind of jump back into normal life here. And um, like, oh, I, I, I'm, I'm dissatisfied with that. But I, I think it also kind of led to a renaissance for me of, of relationships with guys. And so Jason has been leading Ty and I and another guy through um, kind of a discipleship thing where he's been leading us in it. And um, man, just, just the level of richness in that has been like so important. And I think for us having experienced the Camino, even how we invest in it, it's not just, hey, we're back at the Taqueria catching up on what's happening in the news, but just this sense of like, hey, we had a taste of what this authentic relationship was like in, in doing it. And it was some stuff that I started up at our work um, as well. And so yeah, it was just this, I, I think this gave me a lot of hope of like, hey, that it, it's not hopeless. It, it doesn't mean like, hey, you're at this level, you've got teenage kids, it's just going to be running from one thing to another and you never can have authentic relationship with other guys. Like this gave me so much hope and has allowed me to kind of press into and really desire. And then I think with Ty and Jason in that study, like we had this common experience too. And so I think we all have tasted it and know how good it is. And we're like, we don't want to lose that. Like we want to continue to sharpen each other. And so, yeah, it's just really changed that. And, and I think it's made me a much more contemplative person, which I think I've desired for a long time and, and maybe forgot even how to do that and just stopping and listening to God in the midst of it. I, I would agree uh, that camaraderie, the, the spiritual relationships we've, we've built with each other was, was key. Um, you know, from, from the idea of picking scripture that Danny brought and then our, our uh, you know, the question of what am I meditating on today from Mike? But other than that, um, from another thing I got out of the, uh, the Camino is I, I, it generally made me want to slow down uh, mm. in life. Um, you know, hence my nickname, Sin Final. I, I walk fast. I, I I'm going. I'm always I'm, I'm always at a rush, and uh, so that I think uh, De, you had sent an email uh, after the Camino about uh, the idea that there's no fast forward on the Camino, and that was so profound. Yeah. Um, I love that just because you know our walk with God, no pun intended, you know, has to be a a, a pace where we can walk with God, and we can't rush that. Um, and so that's, and Barrett, you brought up uh, the other, the book, The Ruthless Elimination of, of Hurry from John Mark Comer. And I've, I've, I've read that. I've, I've hit, listened to his podcast uh, series with him and, and, uh, and just all the other material he has on that. I've just been eating it up because I, I, I love it. And, and it just really made me want to have more um, focus on what's important in life, the time with, uh, you know, God obviously, but also my, my relationships with my family, uh, live more simply, practice Sabbath, all those kinds of uh, practices that, that were talked about. So um, that's really been a, a, a big change for me. And, and then 
coronavirus coming actually helped that. Yeah. <laughs> it's sort of, you know, it, you know, sometimes when you're, when you go to a, a seminar or something, you're all fired up and then that just kind of fizzles. Well, um, I didn't feel it fizzling, but it may, it could have really been diminished over time, but then the coronavirus kind of sparked it back up. So really having a lot of those conversations with my family, um, spending a lot of time in the word with God and, and contemplating, like, like DE said, um, it's been, that, that's what I've, gotten out of it a lot i think one of the bigger things about the entire trip for all of us was and i think barrett mentioned it was seven people you know that it was actually the right number of people to have for this trip and that you could naturally end up with one person talking to another person but then usually there was at least the other person was off by themselves and what sticks with me throughout the camino is that it's way better to walk life with other people in your life that really care and truly uh, love Jesus and, and just love you. But there's times just like on the trail that you got to be by yourself. And, and metaphorically, I think there was so many metaphors that we had throughout the entire trip, but I, I think I had some pain in my, in my foot where it, it put me walking by myself to catch up to you guys after a while. And I realized life is much like that time where when you're walking by yourself, you have to get through it, but it's way easier to walk through it with other people around you that know you well and, and that you can be vulnerable with. And I find myself even to this day being more vulnerable in conversations and really trying to dive into, to get to know people more and just the importance of walking with a bunch of dudes that you think through the apostles as apostles as well is they were just in it with each other, with Jesus throughout that entire time. And just that you need to do life with other people. I think I had gotten into a point of where I wasn't that close with a lot of my guy friends, but this was really helpful for me and, and continues to be the relationships uh, that I have with you guys. It's so great to just continue to catch up and, and be invested in by you guys. And uh, that's, that's really speaking to me right now. You know, it's interesting. I was, we're, we're going through being coronavirus and we, you know, you got, what are you going to do for church and different things? And aside from, you know, our, our church services and stuff we're, we're doing on Sundays with our kids, we're doing a series called what's in the Bible that Phil Vischer did. That's a, you know, he's the guy that did veggie tales. It's been a great series with our kids. So we're doing acts and my kids who love maps, they're, you know, your typical missionary kid who thinks, you know, life is about traveling and getting on airplanes. So they were at one point was charting Paul's missionary journeys. And of course my kids know where all these places are. And so they're like, what? That's like 4,000 miles. And, and, uh, and, and we were talking about, yeah, it's like walking it. And, and they said, and they were like, well, daddy, how long is that on the Camino? And I was like, look, daddy only walked seven days. Think, you know, and so we, we talked about, it. we were like, well, that's only 125 kilometers or whatever. And so as we were talking about it more and more, we got to thinking about what was it, you know, we got to talking a little bit about, or maybe I thought about it. I don't know if I actually had this conversation with my kids. I should ask them. I wonder if they remember, but just what was it like for Paul walking with John Mark or Barnabas? You know, we look at Paul and we admire, you know, and granted it's the inspiration of the Holy Spirit and everything else, but we admire his fortitude when he says, you know, I was shipwrecked. I was beaten. I was all of these things. But he's saying that in the context of relationship, there were other people who did those things with him. He never did it alone. And the writer of Hebrews who says went to a group of people who are thinking about dropping off the face of the map when it comes to Christ and says, don't do it. And oh, by the way, don't forsake meeting with each other. And this need that we have for communal living. But, you know, John, you, Jason, you mentioned John Mark Comer. And he mentioned, got me onto a, 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 a Japanese theologian who wrote a book, Three Mile an Hour God. And that is the pace at which a man can walk. And this is a God who moves at the pace at which a man can walk. And that is one of the profound things in our uh, society today that's moving at an incredible rate. You know, Danny, you mentioned the fact who doesn't want to slow down or whatever, who doesn't want a more contemplative life. And that, that's the truth. But the reality is, is there's so few of us who actually get that opportunity to do it. And one of the things about the Camino is inevitably you have to deal with your own and your own head at some point. I, I would say your own demons, but I don't think it maybe goes as deep for some people. I, I recently watched a 
a, a, a what do you call it, a documentary on a group of uh, addicts who walked the Camino together. And just they were going with withdrawal on it. I mean, just, you know, facing their demons. Really cool documentary. But the reality being, we need to slow down as human beings. We're going at a frantic pace. And that's one of the things that I've kind of taken back uh, from the Camino is I purposely drive. Okay. I'm a lot like, I'm a lot like Jason sin final. I I'm ready for the next thing constantly. And I'm known as that in my, in my family, my, my family. Uh, so I'm a missionary. I'm always on the go. I'm always moving. But when it was like college and stuff, and it would be time to drive back to college uh, after Thanksgiving, um, literally I would say, okay, I'm, I'm out of here. And in 10 minutes I'd be gone. And my whole family is like, he's just gone. Where, where did he go? And that's just kind of how I, and I'm with my kids and everything else. And there's this one moment on the Camino where, you know, there are very few times in my life where I would say the Lord spoke to me. Um, but I, he definitely spoke to me on this. Uh, I was walking and I was contemplating over, over my family. And, and in two things, the Lord spoke to me, he says, Barrett, I've given you your family to slow you down. And I realized in that moment that I had been treating my family as, as someone that I was kind of, I was kind of was like, come on, we got to get to the next thing. Come on, we got to get to the next thing. And what the Lord was saying to me in that moment was, no, 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 no. I'm giving them to you because you, I mean, it's not the only reason, but that's one of the things that the Lord has done with my family. And so just in taking the moment, enjoying the family, I drive in the slow lane now. I do all sorts of stupid <laughs> stuff as a practice to discipline myself because it is, there's no fast forward on the Camino as DE has said. I, I had a quick tidbit about slowing down on the Camino when we, we stopped at one of the towns. I don't even remember. I'd have to go back and look at the pictures, but it was a cathedral or more like a chapel. It was a tiny little chapel. It's probably, you know, a thousand years old. And we walked in there and, and that was one of the stops to get stamped. And, uh, and I was, I think I, I was in line. Maybe there was a couple people in front of me and I, I, maybe I, I came off a little antsy like I, like I can be. And, uh, the guy, I get to the, to the guy and, and he wasn't really paying attention to me. So I'm like, Hey, Hey, I'm giving him my uh, credentials to get the stamp. And, and he looks at me, he says, like, it's okay. There's no rush on the Camino. <laughs> and I, I just felt this conviction mm -hmm. like come over me like oh my gosh I'm such a jerk you know it's like this That's is so awesome. true and he was just like there's no rush on the Camino and I'm like yeah you're right and I'm glad that happened it might have been like the first or second day so I'm glad it happened early on <laughs> that was awesome. a real eye-opening yeah. statement yeah yeah I would say uh everything you guys have shared I wholeheartedly uh agree it really impacted me I think that the thing I said earlier about wanting to live with intentionality and, and with meaning. And I think uh, what that means is it means entering into relationships and may, and going deeper in relationships and taking that scary plunge to go deeper, be more vulnerable and being more intentional with my kids. It's sometimes easy to go, okay, let's just get through another day, another, another school year, another semester, whatever, another, whatever. And uh, but really wanting to be more intentional with them and uh, to journey with them and to, and to journey at a slower pace. And uh, also, you guys have really pushed me to rethink. I'm, I'm in full time ministry and uh, I can easily, I'm, I'm very type A, let's get results, let's get this, 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 and metrics. And really been uh, convicted and, and over these last several months to rethink ministry and to not take it so linear not it's not a plus b equals c and it's not do this this and produce these metrics and and but it really is about about entering in and helping people fall deeper in love with jesus and thinking more and more about what does that look like and how do how do i do that in my in my ministry and also with my kids and my my wife as well my family mm. so big takeaways there and uh yeah D, has your has your life changed? You already mentioned it, didn't you? Yes. I'm a terrible. Host. <laughs> no, but I was going to say. Something. <laughs> but I, yeah, so D, has your life changed since the last time you mentioned how your life changed? It has, as a matter of fact, in the last twenty minutes, substantially. <laughs> the uh, uh, so 
so I, I think I think it's you know I don't um, there's this term when we talk when you talk about pilgrimage and it's a it's a uh, it's a cultural anthropology term called liminality or, or liminal so and it's it it's these these there's these two Christian anthropologists actually studied and they've written several books that they um, I cannot remember their names uh, they have passed away but um, they studied pilgrimage and what pilgrimage was and how it how uh, God, because they 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 took it at a they looked at it as an anthropological perspective, but also as a as a Christian as Christians they looked at it and how how God uses kind of these uh, liminal, which is a transitional experience, right? So we entered into in, in many ways from the very start, going okay, D, let's let's trust D E to get us to Spain uh, and and have this experience. That was stepping into uh, a new reality, but a reality that we we all knew wasn't going to last. We knew we could come home, right? And so in that process of, you know, hard days, fun times, uh, m- moments of, of depth, we go through this transitional experience. And, 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 and the idea on a pilgrimage, particularly Camino, is that then when you, you finish, you arrive, you've learned something, and then you go back to your families, your communities, and you, you bring that with you. Um, and, and I've even, one time he- hearing the pilgrim's mass, once the, 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 the priest doing it said that. He said, you have been on this Camino and you've learned stuff. You've, you've grown in your relationship with Christ. Now go back and preach the gospel. Um, and so, so I, you know, that's why I asked that. We wanted to ask that question. What, what's changed in your life? Has, has something really changed? And, and for me, that, 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 I think it is seeing that God, when you enter into those, take those big steps of faith to go into a place that is not clear and could be really uncomfortable. Uh, and, and we, you know, so people, we had a great time, but we did have, so there were some very uncomfortable moments, you know, uh, at times and uh, some, you know, difficulties that you have to work through in your in, internally. Um, but when, when we step into those spaces, God can do stuff to us. And so that's, I think for, for me seeing that and realizing I need to probably jump into those spaces more, uh, those un- uncomfortable spaces and let God work in my life. That, that was one big takeaway. You guys uh, being encouraged, I think, I, and I, I, my guess is uh, Barrett and Mike have similar, you know, being in Europe, uh, it, it's, it's sometimes really feels like, man, what am I doing here? Um, but you guys were very encouraging. You guys understood us and accepted us and became, we were able to come by. And that, that, that means a lot to us. I'm not sure. Uh, but, but that's something else that happens on the pilgrimage, right? We were able to come together from different backgrounds. You know, I think we had the, the blessing of being in similar life stages with kids, but we all have different backgrounds and experiences and many ways very different. So that was another thing. And all of it was, a, like, I think for me, just to really help me lean to my, realize, oh man, uh, this passion of some, you know, of helping people grow and develop uh, through the Camino and what a, what an amazing opportunity there. I think that was my, my big takeaway of, you know, there's this whole other world that I'd kind of forgotten about and, and how powerful it was in my life and and y'all's lives and, and creating this, this, this community. Um, So my, my, my hope is in in the next years that I've been able to continue to help, or be form a part of something similar to what we had, you know. Well, you know, it's Garrick, you and I have talked a lot about over the last few weeks as we've kind of processed coronavirus and the effects that it's going to have on the world. And certainly there is, uh, the world will quote unquote never be the same. I mean, there's just going to be changes, yeah. you know, will we bow instead of shake hands or kiss each other on the cheek? So, you know, I mean, will we become more Asian in that respect? All the, all these different questions that are, that I think are legit questions. I, I don't, I, I don't think they're not that, but one of the things that I think human beings and that we, I think those of us who would, who would like to know Christ deeper and make him known more on this earth among people. One of the things that we need to realize is things like the experience and the depth that we experienced that we had on the Camino can never ever be achieved via zoom. Yeah. You know, there is, you have to literally walk three miles an hour for 30 kilometers in a day or whatever else, however long you want to go over a long period of time, you have to journey with someone. You have to step out foot in front door. You have, it has to cost us in order to experience Christ or anyone else on a deeper level, but to really even to make Christ known in our own lives, to experience Christ deeper in our own lives, it costs us something. Those plane tickets weren't cheap, even though Jason did take Ryanair. It, you know, they, at the end of the day, they're not cheap. It's not cheap to get to 
Santiago de Compostela. It's, it, it's not, it takes time out of your lives. It didn't cost our wives nothing. They were left without us. And for some of us, things went better without us, right? At least maybe that would be what my wife says. So <laughs> I ask her not to tell me that when I'm gone. Anyway, no, I'm kidding. Uh, but the, the reality being of like, you know, it does cost. And, and the thing I can't get away from, and I think that we, there, there's several things that I keep reflecting on during this time of Corona or the, 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 the season that the world is in is one, we're leading on our, we, we're, we're on a path to burnout, complete and utter burnout in our lives because of the pace at which we're doing things. And that's one thing that the Camino and uh, thankfully a lot of the church is reflecting on, right? You've got John Mark Comer, you've got a bunch of other people who are writing on this. It's not, it's nothing new that we found, but the, the Camino reflects on that. But two, it, it has to cost you something and you have to be on a journey somewhere and pick some people to journey along the way with. And then along the way, create some conversations with other people. And it doesn't have to be that hard. You know, yeah. you learn from the, the Legonde house. It's, it's actually radically easy. You just have to open up your front door and make a meal and, you know, have a few questions that are, that are fairly simple. I mean, the idea, Danny, you know, you, you were the one who said, Hey, let's get some scriptures that you're walking with. And the idea that one simple suggestion basically f led a framework for our evening discussions that led to such deep intimacy and, and depth is fascinating. But it wasn't a radical idea. It was just, hey, pick a scripture to walk with. But when yep. you do that and you create the space for it, and so part of it is just creating, creating the space for it. But anyway, there's, there's so many things that I could go on and on about the Camino, but, but it, it really is a parallel or a good metaphor for life in general. And I don't think that we need to be in a hurry to leave things like that. Anything worth doing is going to take a lot of pain, a lot of time and a lot of energy, but those are the things going to be that are ultimately going to make a difference in people's lives. Well, well to honor Danny. So let's, let's make the transition to liquid modernism, right? The a world that we live in, which is in constant transition change where you even as a person can choose to be one thing or the other, right? Uh, you can change your identity. And so there's this inability to stick, you know, communities have trouble fracturing, you know, their communities and societies fracture. People are, are kind of lost, you know, and there's a, and there's a lot, we're very, I th as a, a, the, the seven of us, we're, we're very blessed to be, have solid families, churches, organizations that we belong to. A lot of people don't have that. And a lot of people who do are still looking for something more, more deep. And I, and I think the Camino, it's an answer in some sense that liquid liquid modernism and you know that that flux constant flux because it forces people to stop to slow down to realize what's important in life uh to to look to something else to look to, to providence you know maybe for some people but in our case you know christ uh and you know i think that's it, it's the the, the camino is, is certainly not going to go away and i would predict that you're going to see more people in the camino in the years ahead because of what has happened. Yeah. Uh, and people are tired of zoom and you know, as, as, as great zoom has been and as great Netflix is people want that people want to sit down and have a nice glass of wine and a great steak and some amazing lettuce <laughs> <laughs> and with their friends, with their friends. That's what, that's what, that's what they want. That's awesome. Tiger King can only take you so far. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. What, uh, if anything, uh, did the Camino affect your relationship with God? And so, if so, how? I, I think you, I, I think for me, you know, you guys touched on this a lot, you know, at the danger of, of over metaphorizing too much. Um, there was just such a simplicity about the experience. And I, and, you know, as you guys were sharing this stuff, I was thinking about that. There was such a simplicity about it. You know, one of the things that um, was difficult for me was the physical pain of walking that long. Um, I think you guys remember that, that the, the learning that I needed to stretch at the end of the experience was a lesson that was quickly brought to my attention when we arrived in Puerto Marin. 
and we all kind of settled in and then my legs just like froze up and you guys were like okay dinner time let's go and i was i can't get out of the bed i can't even get up <laughs> yeah um and that was when i discovered that i needed to you know stretch um but you know one of the things that i discovered along the way was number one the destination was never in question right i was always going to at some point arrive <laughs> I was never going to quit. Um, and number two, I was going to expect pain. Um, but I could not, um, I could not uh, make the pain kind of completely go away. I just had to manage it and then proceed. Uh, and I just got through the day. Uh, you know, God showed me something the other day in a, in a quiet time about, you know, what if uh, I, I, I asked the question of, uh, he prompted me to ask this question of myself, you know, what, it, when Jesus said um, to not worry about tomorrow, you know, what if he, what if he wasn't speaking like I always think in terms of, you know, the metaphor of tomorrow being, you know, some time in the future, what if he actually was talking about the day after today, right? What if he actually meant just worry about today, uh, this day? And the Camino was an experience where we really put all of our energy into just focusing on that day. We didn't spend a ton of time thinking about, I didn't, about, well, gosh, tomorrow's walk is going to be, because I just, I just, I could not, I could not muster the energy to think through tomorrow. It was really, I'm going to get up in the morning, I'm going to have that little cup of coffee, and then we're going to get moving and I am going to manage through the experience and enjoy it and love it. And, and when we get to the destination, we get there. And I think maybe that's what you guys are kind of sharing too with some of this other stuff is we're, gosh, what if we could just live our current lives that way where we're not saddled with this, you know, well, you know, gosh, what is the world going to look like? And what is my career going to look like? And what is the future going to look like? You know, so, you know, at, at that, like I said, at the danger of drawing too many metaphors, that, that's been a pretty big one for me that I've pulled from the experience. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I mentioned the, the rocks that I brought and each rock was something I really wanted to give over to God. And uh, along the way, I prayed through those things throughout the day. And at some point along each day, throw a rock away into the forest. One day it was into a river, different things. And, uh, you know, it was a symbol for me, but it's been pretty significant because I can say over the last eight months, for most part, there's been things that uh, I've, I've given over to God. There were things I was holding on to. Uh, when, you know, when we had moved over to Portugal seven, eight years ago, um, it was a pretty emotional move. It was a pretty uh, letting go of our, our home that we lived in and DE knows that home. Well, we put a lot of sweat equity into that home and, uh, did a lot into that home and giving, it was emotional selling it. And sometimes I've regretted selling it and all that. And I can really say that, that I really feel like that was given over to God and, uh, on the Camino and that I really haven't over the last eight months. Sure. When it's come up in my mind, uh, it's been like, no, that was given over. That rock was tossed into the forest and uh that's somewhere back somewhere in spain and uh i think that was significant for me um as maybe as kind of tangible and kind of weird or you know it can be or symbolic as it can be it's actually proved to be more than symbolic for me but it's been really a giving over to god which has been freeing Yeah, I feel like Ty shared so well earlier this that idea of walking alone and walking with other people and kind of that balance of it. And um, I, I just feel like my time alone with the Lord since we've been back has been stronger. But it, but I think it kind of it dovetails into what I shared earlier of like just kind of investing in relationships with other guys in a deeper way now. So now when I have a, a, a thought or I'm, I'm struggling with the Lord or something, or something comes to me about that, like the fast forward thing, like I've got you guys as a sounding bar board on that of like, okay, God, I know what you're doing with me, but almost for me to capture my thoughts, 
I need to have this in a community to share it or in the group that Jason leads us and in the group when I'm with guys studying the Psalms. Um, and, and to me, and I don't even know if I had touched on until Ty shared earlier, but yeah, that kind of like, okay, like I think I'm more comfortable walking myself, even in the pain of it now and really kind of searching God and, and what he's saying to me. But I think having that sense of, in the symbolism of the Camino of like, hey, I thought about this for two hours walking. Now Barrett comes walking up next to me and then I can process with him. And I know it's someone to safe to, to process with. And I, I, I'm getting to know God better and, and input from you guys. I mean, I've loved your podcast in the sense of just even taking walks and hearing what God's doing in your life. And then again, spurs like, oh, that fits into what God's doing in my heart. And so, um, yeah, Ty, I, I don't know if I'd even be able to articulate it until you said it earlier, but um, I just felt the community and the individual has gotten richer since I've been back. Yeah, I think I can speak the same to you. And, you know, I, we talk about each other and we talk about just having people walk along with us. But, you know, during those times you're walking by yourself, there was some deep reflection uh, on what God is doing in your life and, and, and trying to go back to those moments now in my life to just have this conversation with him. It's just ongoing conversation through prayer of just being open and vulnerable with God and not, not this holier than thou prayer. Oh, I got to pray a certain way. It's literally just sitting back and, and just having these conversations with God, you know, almost, almost like talking to yourself a little bit, you know, and whether you hear back or, or what you're hearing, it, it, I don't want to say it doesn't matter, but just to know that, that somebody's walking there with you throughout, the entirety of, of everything, you know? Jason, you look like you're going for your mute button. <laughs> no, I was just going to share that, you know, for me personally, I, I've been really focusing the last couple of years, even so before the Camino to try to hear God uh, better and try to discern his communication to me and, you know, early on as a Christian and for many, many years after that, even I, I, you know, people talk about, oh yeah, God told me this and God told me that. And yeah, I just felt the Lord leading me here and there. And I'm like, how do you, how do you do that? What does that look like? What, what do you mean? <laughs> you know, so I, I've often asked people that and, uh, and come to realize, you know, obviously God speaks to us in, in many different ways, as we mentioned before, um, even through your community and the people that you're with. So that really was strengthened on the Camino. Um, I mean, even that, just that quick question from Mike, the day one or two, when he said, what are you meditating on today? That, that, I mean, obviously that was God telling me, you need to meditate on me today. <laughs> Pick something to meditate on, you know, think about me. Um, and so that's really spurred me to have, I mean, I've had more consistent quiet times uh, with God in the last eight months than I've ever had in my life before. Um, and just getting better at uh, discerning God's word. And I'm not saying I'm, 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 I'm a variety. I've arrived and I know exactly what he's always telling me. Um, but that's strengthened me personally. So, I mean, I think I've, I can look back and reflect on how each one of our conversations with each of you, um, God was talking to me and through me, um, and just some of the experiences and the metaphors that even Danny brought up. I mean, it, it, it's so powerful um, that that's what that's, I could say, what's changed for me. Eric, what about you? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I think if anything, it is the, the need in our failures um, I think I think it's easy, you know, when, when we mess up, whether it's a sin in our life or weaknesses or just getting off track is is the ability um, that that and I think the Camino is, is a great metaphor, but just to get up and keep going because you're, you're right. The destination is there and God, God is there with you. And, and as we're children of God, we're not we're adopted into his family. We're brothers with Christ. And to that that perseverance because I think a lot of walking with with God and so that I think for me that's been been even in this coronavirus time uh, the, the need to persevere with God when it's not easy or uh, that always feels um, right but to but but to trust uh, the truth and the reality of of who God is and, and his love for us 
Um, and, and so I think that's been, and I, I've been, I think in, in very much looking at season uh, and looking back in life too, and being thankful, trying to be, trying to be thankful to God for so many things. And, you know, we're, we're all a little bit older, uh, so we can actually look back now and see things, see how God has put the people in our lives, put things in our lives, you know, been there for us. And so I think even the Camino coming back from that was able to help me to look back and go, you know, even how this whole thing came together and, you know, the way, I mean, it, it, in some sense, it doesn't make a lot of sense that we would all come together and do that thing, yeah. you know? Um, so, so that, I think that's what I've, I've, that's where I've been growing in my, my relationship with God. Yeah. Ty, you want to jump in? Yeah. I just, I just think it's, it's so critical for us to look, our families experience the Camino through us as well. You know, our kids are old enough now to, to recognize what we went through and have these long conversations when we came back and with them about what we did and how it all went. And, and I think that's a cool part, but our spouses as well live through it and, and just continue to talk about how it was. But I think one of the more important things that, you know, eight months later is this was the first time as we prepared for this podcast that I went back and I looked at, I had 17 pages of notes that I, that I did talk to text into my phone. I couldn't believe that I had that many, um, but it was, fun to go back and look through some of those notes of this trip and just think, wow, these, this is just an amazing time to have gone through these things. But I go back and I look at some of the questions, uh, David Earl one time asked the, the Austin guys just, Hey, where's your marriage at now compared to where it was five years ago? I think that was the, the exact question, but you think about, I think that conversation that we had, was three hours of, of, of walking after we had that one simple question to go through. And, and I've come back now and I've asked other people that question or the trip has given me this crazy uh, evangelical opportunity to talk to other people about the impact it's had on my life. And yeah. I love to talk to people about the Camino. I could do it all day. I mean, this is why we're on this podcast. Hopefully this, podcast finds its way to the the people who may be not sure about going or who to take or whatnot but i just really hope this impacts other people because i know we could all sit back and talk about it for for days and, and i think that's important to to think through yeah you know it's i appreciate you you saying that because i think i think one of the things that that i think i'm walking away from in my relationship with the lord and and life in general is it goes into what I already said that Jason has touched on, but the idea of space that, that we need space in order to be able to, um, to really connect on a deep level. And that's with the Lord. That's what So one of the things that I brought back, I started it just before I left. Um, but didn't really get a chance to do it the same way that I'm doing it now, but I got a chance when I was walking, um, but was is silence and solitude. And that's been one of the things that has really affected my time with the Lord because my mind is always going and I'm always thinking of the next thing. So what silence and solitude has helped me to do is to sit down and say, well, one, I don't, I don't check my phone anymore. First thing when I wake up, it's in a different, you know, different place than when I, when I do, I'm disciplined not to. And then I just sit down and I'm just quiet. And try to watch the, you know, as a thought comes in, I try to go, okay, I'm going to let this go by. And, you know, that's one of the things that I would say is, you know, where else can you have an opportunity when you ask a question to have a three hour conversation about the, the answer to that question, right? How many, how many of us, our marriage would, would benefit from the fact that a discussion that we needed to have didn't get interrupted, or there wasn't, you know, kids to take somewhere, or I got to get to work or whatever else. Sometimes it needs to be interrupted because it devolves into, into whatever. But, but the reality is, is, you know, how, how life benefits from this idea of slowness. Um, and, and, and that's one of the things that I just loved about the Camino. Ty, you're right. We could sit here and talk about it all, literally all day long. We've been talking for two hours now and it doesn't feel like time has really passed. It's just, it, it really is that impactful uh, in that, in that beautiful uh, of a thing. So guys, we have been talking for two hours and while we could go on uh, more, I think this might be a good opportunity to bring it to a close. So here's what I'm going to say. My last question is um, I, I am going to pretend to be a, 
someone at a, at a crossroads in their life and they ask you, uh, give me a 20 second elevator pitch as to why I should walk the Camino. And I want you to, I want you to try to sum it up. Mike, I'm going to you first. Oh, dude, that was so wrong. That I saw, so wrong. I saw your face on Zoom. <laughs> oh no! Oh my goodness! So, sum up the last two hours in twenty seconds. Twenty seconds. Give me your elevator <laughs> so, pitch for the Camino. Yeah. So, my elevator pitch for the Camino. This is an obvious stall tactic, so I can think. Um, yeah. Take time to walk it to slow down, to really evaluate, to walk with intentionality, to walk in community. Uh, let God speak to you both individually and through community as you walk with others. And nice. it's a great time. And when else are you going to have seven days to do that? Danny, lay it on me. Um. The, f the first thing I would throw out is definitely make sure you bring uh, Portuguese Ben Gay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Do you want me to send you some of that? Please, please do, Mike. Please do. Um, but putting that putting that aside, um, I, your your comment, Barrett, about the the speed of 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 walking, the speed of life. That you know. To me, it would be um, f seeking God, seeking community, seeking peace at the speed of walking. Um, wow. There's not, wow. there's not, uh, I can't think of another, another way of, of, I can't think of another way of doing that more effectively than, than on the Camino. E laid on me. Yeah, I, I think one thing that I that I share with people is just um, again we're walking in a pilgrimage route that that's been around a thousand years. So I think one just the tradition that's there, the history that's there, the sense of like, yeah, as a Christian, I'm walking like others. So, so I think from just even the mindsets that you walk in, it's great. But I think even from a real practical sense. The fact that everywhere you go, people are expecting pilgrims. There are other pilgrims. There's just an infrastructure for pilgrims. Um, just, just to me, makes the Camino unique too. Of like, you're not worrying about housing. You're not worrying about food. You're not worrying about like, hey, am I walking through someone's property? Like these little yellow arrows are leading you along the way. And it just really frees you up for contemplation, conversation, interacting with other pilgrims on the road. Like it's just... It's just like the perfect greenhouse to really contemplate doing it. So I think even the structure of it just opens you up to, to, to be in your thoughts and, and, and to go before the Lord. Jason. Um, if someone was thinking about it and contemplating whether they should do it or not, I mean, the first thing I would say is just stop thinking about it and do it. Mm -hmm. Make it happen. You can find a million excuses why it, it shouldn't happen and or why it's too difficult or you can't make the arrangements or whatever the case is there's there, you're going to find many reasons to uh to back out of it so that would be the first thing the second tip would be um get the right shoes which was one of my mistakes uh, <laughs> um and then third i would say you know un unfortunately i can't describe it in words. Um, it's something that was an experience for me that I can't describe because it might be different for you. I mean, it's, it's an incredible experience for everyone, but in their own way. Um, and it, it's kind of like a, like when my kids were real young and, you know, at that camp out, we mentioned early on in the podcast, there's a zip line and my daughter, one of my daughters was terrified and she didn't go on it. And, and then, you know, she was too scared and my other daughter loved it and she was trying to encourage her. And then, uh, but she said, she just couldn't do it. She chickened out. So on the way home, she was crying and she was like sad. Oh, I should have done it. Should have done it. So the next year she did it and she was terrified, but still went. And then after the fact, she was like, oh my gosh, I want to do this over and over and over again. And she did it several more times. So it's like one of those things you, you really don't 
understand what it's like until you do it. So just have an open mind. Uh, you know, the spiritual part of it, as Danny was saying, the, the speed of it and, and just open your mind to God and what he's talking, what he's telling you. I mean, that, that's, that's all there, but it's different for everyone. So that's, unfortunately, there, like I said, there's not really, I'm going over 20 seconds, sorry. So I'll, I'll stop it there, but there's not really a lot of words that could describe it. It's awesome. Ty, lay it on me. I think if I had to sum it all up in one, one thing, it would be relationships. Like, I would almost encourage people not to go by themselves on the Camino to, to, as I've come back and I've thought through it, I keep thinking through, I want to go back with you guys and and a different part of it or, or a different route or just a different time in our lives to, to go again. But I also think back to all these people that I'd like to go with my family, my wife, my other friends that are even in our circle of friends, um, to go with them and just have these further deeper relationships with each other, knowing that, yeah, you're going to have to spend some time by yourself walking part of the Camino, but do it with other people and do life with other people. Uh, just so many things are going on in our world that you just need your crew, your posse, your tribe to roll with as you go through life. Cause you know, you can go through some dark times, but uh, that seven days was just so amazing. And, and it just, it invigorated me to, to continue, continue with my life uh, with fervor and, and with Christ. Yeah, Ty, I keep, I keep thinking to myself, there's all these different people that I want to, I want to walk it with. And I'm like, I can't, I, I, I keep telling myself, like, I can't take off, like, I can't do it consecutively. I can't take off that many weeks, <laughs> you know? Like, so, but, but DE, I imagine that after people listen to this, they're going to want to set up a, a, a set up their own Camino. So do you want me to give out your email address and the, because uh, apparently you're, you're the magic maker when it, when it happens to make the Camino happen for people. That's exactly. <laughs> perfect. <laughs> Works cleanly. Garrick, if, if you had, uh, I won't, I won't ask for your 20, 20 second pitch, but if you had to sum up uh, what this group of guys in our Camino experience has meant for you, what would you say? Well, I was going to say seven day pub crawl, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, which, but, which it, was it was not, but let's just, it was much more than that. Um, no, the, I think, yeah, I think the whole thing, I, I, I like what Jason said. You can't, you, it's re, it's the, so uh, difficult. It's, un, it's a non tangible thing. It's so hard for people to really grasp what happens. Um, but if you get the chance to do it, you have to do it. And I, and I think this, this group of guys, this was this, it, for me, just, you know, phenomenal experience, uh, you know, the ability to make and deepen relationships uh, and, and that, and then know, you know, that, okay, I've got friends in Austin, all the, all you guys have a place in Granada whenever you're in Spain and to know that we can just, after that, I, you know, it's, it's, it feels a little bit like, you know, Lord of the Rings, you know, you've gone through this experience at the end, how does Lord of the Rings end? They all have a big party and they're celebrating. It starts with the party, ends with the party, you know, and I, I think it's like that. It's like the, the, that, that feeling of we did it, we can celebrate, uh, but there's more celebrations coming in the future. I yeah, it's interesting, uh, Garrick, that you, you mentioned Lord of the Rings because my first thought when I was thinking about, well, how would I sum it up in 20 seconds or less was one does not easily walk, just walk in, simply walk into Mordor. Yeah, uh, yeah. One does not simply sum up the Camino in 20, yeah. 20 seconds or less. So the way that I would sum it up would be um, see the Rabbit Trails podcast, episode six and seven. and that'll that'll explain to you everything you need to know no i think the way that i put it i I was telling danny this at one point um you know i've been in in europe as a missionary for almost 13 years i've been overseas for almost 20 and if i had it to do all over again i would go to the place where a hundred thousand spiritually interested people walk by my front door um, there is something about the Camino de Santiago that being involved with or going with a throng of people who are walking in a direction towards the same place, who are thinking and doing and being, you know, there were a number of people along the way that we kept running into and we didn't know their story. We didn't know their socioeconomic 
situation, but they were headed to the same place we were. And there is that bond in some sense that, that, that is created because you continually, I think of the, the one guy who was carrying his, his dog the entire way. I mean, you know, he's, he was kind of an unforgettable character, but I mean, I think that there's those, there's those sense if you're going in a direction. So, so Danny mentioned this, that you're going towards something. And that brings back the idea of eschatology in the Christian life. It is, the, it is the destination of which we are going and the surety of that, which allows us to do the daily walking in between. And that is a lesson easily learned along the Camino de Santiago. Um, when you do it with a group of people, you then learn Hebrews chapter 11 and chapter 12. You learn what it means to be in, in, involved with a group of people in the Hall of Fame of Faith, who then become witnesses to the fact that, no, 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 I've been there. I, I've seen the city, which is worth waiting for. Trust me, it's at the end of this. And I think for me that there's so much that goes into the idea of a pilgrimage, the Camino de Santiago, that is within scripture itself. Um, that, but you have to actually hear the ground crunch underneath your feet in order to really be able to fully kind of get it, to grasp it. You have to taste the hummel in order to really understand uh, freedom in Christ and be thankful that we get to eat pork. Um, well, guys, I would like to close us with a prayer as we started out with. So we started out with the pilgrimage prayer that begins the journey. And this is a prayer that is prayed at the end of the journey in the mass in the cathedral in Santiago de Compostela. I can't thank you all enough for each one of you, uh, for being in my life, for making my life richer. DE, I can't thank you enough for inviting me along this. It has forever changed my life. Uh, I long for the day when we can all be together again and uh, be present with each other and toast good health and the security of the world. But until that time, I'm thankful for Zoom and the minds that create it. So I'll close with this. Prayer for the Camino. O God, who brought your servant Abraham out of the land of the Chaldeans, protecting him in his wanderings, who guided the Hebrew people across the desert, we ask that you watch over us, your servants, as we walk in the love of your name to Santiago de Compostela. Be for, be for us our companion on the walk, our guide at the crossroads, our breath in our weariness, our protection in danger, our albergue on the Camino, our shade in the heat, our light in the darkness, our consolation in our discouragements, and our strength in our intentions, so that, so that with your guidance we may arrive safe and sound at the end of the road and enriched with grace and virtue, we return safely to our homes filled with joy. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And with that, and with that I say Buen Camino. Buen Camino. Buen Camino. Buen Camino. Buen Camino. Buen Camino. Buen Camino.